I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Chase Thomas podcast. The Chase Thomas podcast. Um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate. I already hate it. I hate it. All right, hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Chase Thomas podcast, where I'm still the aforementioned Chase Thomas coming to you live from Knoxville, Tennessee, Everything School HQ, where I'm joined by my good friends all over the globe. I can say globe because there's two countries on this podcast. So that's technically true. Multiple countries, more than one. Uh, Corbin Ward of Round Ball Ramble, Switch Theory, and everywhere else. Corbin, good evening, sir. How are you? I'm doing well. Happy to talk ball with y'all as always. Um, ready for the actual, you know, NBA season to resume. But until then, catching up on some games I've missed. So, you know, we'll find life here. There you go. Also here, up there across the border, uh, over there in Canada. Can, can, hold on. Can, I you were say Canada. Canada, <laughs> I believe is what it's called, of Odd Shark and Raptors Republic. Chris Walder. Chris, good evening, sir. How are you? Representing Canada or whatever the hell <laughs> you American folk want to call it today. But no, I'm doing good, man. Uh, another late night here in Toronto, but I'm always looking forward to doing a podcast with you lads. Always a pleasure. I love it. Now, you're. It looks like you're 19, like 1960, with your background with the the vintage uh, stuff behind you and the the lighting and everything. I feel like I'm watching an episode of Mad Men uh, when Chris is on here in the bottom right corner. This is as classy as I get, boys. It's classy. <laughs> <laughs> um, also here of Playoff Foul over there in Dallas, Texas, Kenny Spence. Kenny, good evening, sir. How are you? I'm doing great, man. I'm I'm sicko who misses basketball already and mm. i don't know whether we're getting into it or not but i don't consider what we watched this past weekend basketball so we've 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 missed a ton so i can't wait to get back to it well let's let's get this out of the way because i'll just go ahead and say i only watched the three-point contest that's all i wanted to watch was the three-point contest and then i went about my weekend i i watched what i wanted to watch and then i moved on and that's what i did but i don't think the rest of the guys on this call did that so 
I leave the floor. I mean, Corbin, I feel like you're you're just ready to go. You're ready to jump in the all star conversation. So how would you like to talk about this, sir? Listen, I, I just wish I had your self-restraint, Chase. Like some of us are <laughs> NBA masochists. Like we just like this is what we do. We're sickos. Like I used to plan. I don't know why the last couple of years I have, but there's days where if I'm at work, I'm not at work. Like I'm calling off like this free agency <laughs> the first day, this NBA trade deadline. Draft is in the evening. I'm usually okay with that. And then All-Star Weekend. Like, I'm making sure I'm not having plans. Like, I'm chilling out. Okay, that's extreme. I have plans. They're just, like, on the side. Like, my focus is All-Star Weekend, knowing that Sunday's probably going to be disappointing. But, like, Lord have mercy. Like, it was this was rough. Like, it was – Sunday was, like, the culmination of, like, a lackluster weekend. And what I mean is, like – I mean, obviously, Friday, I'd forgotten for a minute that the Rising Stars Challenge even happened then. Um, You had – you know, shout out to G League for winning that to the celebrity game, which, like, honestly, I don't even know half of who these people are, so I don't really even tune into that. Um, Saturday comes in. I mean, I don't know. Like, I felt like the skills challenge was a waste of time. Um, Three-point shootout was was fine. I thought it was it was okay. Um, although there was a, a lot of egregious errors. I mean, Cat hit, like, three straight two-pointers in a row that they didn't call, like, and the ref is standing right there, but whatever. It only dictates who goes in the finals against, you know, Damian Lillard, but whatever. Um, so fine, like, that's the thing that happened. Steph versus Sabrina was great, I thought. Um, just the commentary around it was kind of cringy, but whatever. And the dunk contest. Like, by the time Saturday ended, I was like, eh, like, this hasn't been great. Like, I did sit through two hours of this. But, hey, like, hopefully, you know, the commissioner said the game's going to be more competitive. I know Oscar Robertson said something. I know Larry Bird the morning of was like, I hope it's going to be competitive. I'm like, okay, enough bigger guys or whatever have said something. We're going to have a great show. What the heck was that, man? <laughs> like, what the heck? They shot 162 three-pointers. Like, I can go to the gym right now and play that kind of game. Like, I don't need to see that. Like, it was insane. And, like, what's crazy is, like, they shot that many threes, and the West hit, like, 35% of them. So not only are you shooting threes, at least if you're on the East, you see them go in. On the West, <laughs> you're just shooting and missing. Like, the entire – like, it was a mess. I turned it off after halftime. I turned it back on because at that point I was like, fuck, like, excuse my French. I'm already here. <laughs> Like, I turned it back off and, and, and just went to do some reading. Like, it was ridiculous. Like, this weekend, I mean, this was the year. I'm so glad I didn't go. I wanted to actually go down there, you know, to kind of experience it for the first time, kind of see what All-Star Weekend was all about. Like, I don't know what it is. Like, there needs to be something done, though, because you take the first weekend after Super Bowl when all the casual fans are around now and, you know, hey, let's see what the NBA is doing, right? I've heard all these things. I'm on social media, but let's see the product, right? And that's what you see? Like, nah, fam, I'm not saying it has to be like game seven of the NBA finals, but I don't know what that was. Like, I don't know. The bad just so outweighed the good that I was just left with such a sour taste in my mouth. And now I'm gonna leave it to y'all because I, I need some some other thoughts. I'm 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 whew. goodness. Thanks a lot, Adam Silver. Look, you've ruined Corbin's well, weekend yet again. Congratulations. <laughs> when he said that was hilarious. It I'm was, just doing it whenever I'm slightly disappointed. Like, oh, I got my food. Oh, that's not what the cameras or what the commercial said. Well, congratulations. Like, that was just some, like, I don't know. Well, his well was an all-timer. Uh, I mean, it was it was a lot. And then you find out everything else where Andre Iguodala is coming there talking to him. And they just, it's never good when you have to get so many different reinforcements. You get Larry Bird in there. I think Dr. J, who is, like, one of the nicest guys, he's in there like, hey, guys, can you... Uh, give it a serious go this weekend. <laughs> no, we're not going to do that. But thank you. Uh, we're we're going to pass. And then it comes out like uh, maybe more money is like a, a financial incentive. And we're like, we I mean, it's smart play to use the leverage there. 
But also, they're not going to play harder. And when you hear that, like, they take it as, like, a week off. What was it? Anthony Edwards, what he said, where he's just like, yeah. you see it as a week off. Like, or yeah. you're, you're not going to get us to make it competitive. Like, there's just not a way in the mindset of these guys to make it competitive because they see it as a week off. And if that's the mindset, there's nothing you can legislate out of the game, it feels like, uh, Chris. Yeah, it's funny that you mentioned like those veterans going in there to talk mm-hmm. to the locker room and be like, you guys got to put on a show for the fans. Like, don't just lollygag and do whatever. Not only did they have, you know, not show any effort, but they had the worst effort of any all-star mm-hmm. game in the history of the competition. <laughs> so that was kind of like a, a kick in the dick to those guys. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, we totally disobeyed uh, whatever you guys said. Kind of put it into perspective for me because I think Toronto held the best all-star weekend in the mm-hmm. history of the event. Like, like even everything from the skills competition. I remember when it was like bigs versus guards and Carl Anthony Towns hit that shot at the very end to win it. And they were going ecstatic three point contest. It was a showdown between Clay and Steph, which everyone wanted to see the dunk contest, obviously with Levine and Aaron Gordon, which is probably the best mano a mano event ever. And then the all-star game itself was Kobe's last event. So they were treating it like a, a very eventful thing, which it absolutely was. Everything since then has been just an absolute letdown. I called this last week during the pod, like the podcast. I was like, look, if Mac McClung doesn't deliver in the dunk contest, the thing's going to be an absolute dud. And I was partially right. I mean, I think Toppin had some pretty good dunks. He should have been there at the very end with, with McClung uh, instead of Jalen Brown, who jumped over all six inches of Case and Ott, um, who's sitting down, by the way. Uh, that was pretty brutal. Um, I think changes are coming to this event. I think Adam Silver, you heard it in his voice during like at the at the very end of the event, is like, "Congrats, East! You know you scored the most points." Well, That's about it. Like here's your trophy. <laughs> I guess I don't know. So like I I wouldn't be surprised if they start making some wholesale changes. It really was bad, but the issue was is that a lot of people tuned in, and they're probably going to gauge the success on that alone. What do you think, Kenny? I don't know what I'm more upset at between the <laughs> all-star game or them trying to force Jalen Brown into the finals of the dunk contest. Mm. But mm-hmm. they were both slaps on the face to the fans. We actually went on a whole – me and my co-host on, on Playoff Five, we actually went on a whole tangent on that. But it, it's just like – you realize we can see these dunks, right? <laughs> like, this man dunked and then covered his eyes after. It's just oh like – <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was gold. Oh, that was gold. I was hoping that's what he was doing, Chris. Like, that. Like, give me a dab. Like, you said it, Kenny. Like, like we can't all see. <laughs> like, there are multiple was, angles of that. It was just disrespectful. I, I did like the Rising Stars, though. I thought that was really competitive and fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also, I just – that may, may be a little bit of bias because Alondis Williams stood out, and he's the Heat's new two-way player, and I feel like they're doing it again. <laughs> so, maybe I'm biased on that end. Three-point shootout was amazing to me, but it kind of always is. Steph versus Sabrina, I want them to bring a, the WNBA three-point champion in every year at some mm-hmm. point. It's a good idea. But the game itself, I just feel like it's dead. The dunk contest is for sure dead. And I actually, no, I know what I'm more mad at. I'm more mad at the dunk contest because during the third quarter, I did decide to take a quick nap on the All-Star game. So that was cool. <laughs> Shout out to Naps. <laughs> yeah gotta get them i uh it's like i think it's just like one of those where they're uh, speaking to your point chris about like just the ratings and people tuning in and what it does for the city there's huge financial incentives for cities hosting this over the weekend and all the different people that come in from out of town and 
the tourism aspect to it, like it's going to keep happening year over year. The guys want a vacation. They're not like they are taking it as like a mental vacation and really like a physical vacation in, in a lot of ways, too. But once you get to that point, like, I just don't know how you flip it. Like, I just unfortunately, I just kind of have a, I guess, a cynical perspective on this, which is I don't think you're going to do wholesale changes. And I think they're just going to continue year over year to try and <laughs> come on, guys, come on. And it's just never going to happen. I feel like this is going to be the story year over year because I just I don't know. Once you go down this hole, this rabbit hole, I don't know how you you get back, you get out of it, like the whole toothpaste out of the tube. Like once people stop caring and the generation of uh, superstars don't care and don't care when you have legends telling them, hey, guys, please, please care. And they're like, nah, uh, <laughs> I'm not going to do that. Um, like yeah. w- what else can you do? Like, I, I don't think the financial uh, aspect will do it either because i think these guys really want to break and i think it would make sense if you did a week off like with the train in the season problem is there's a lot of money at stake and the nba is like no we're not taking the week off we need to do these all-star events it's good for these cities it's good for the league and there are still good events like we talked about with the three-point contest which is actually better than ever um i think so there are positives but i just i don't know i think you're just gonna have to live with a lot of it and just kind of i don't know go through the I mean, motions and matt mcclung just keeps winning these for the next 25 years so i don't, I don't know get him in the league honestly yeah i don't know i just feel like here's the thing i think money could be somewhat of an incentive you had the lakers turn to like the 2020 lakers for mm. a tournament that like I, almost immediately they went on a slump like they turned it on they were up and down most of the season or the early part of the year nc tournament comes in all of a sudden you know with some refs in the phoenix game whatever like they turn into what they do they win the whole thing they're great and they immediately go like i think as much as they get paid and as much as the money's thrown around and all the things like more, huh? I just, I, at this point, something has to be done. I mean, it, I think this was like an embarrassment. It's being talked about like for all the wrong reasons. Like, mm. yes, it's a slow news time, but even last year, like it was bad sort of, you know, like it was some parts. I mean, I think that Matt McClung single-handedly like, saved the weekend last year because yeah, like there was some talk about all-star weekend being kind of a malaise, but at the same time, like we were still couldn't go over Matt McClung. But this year, like, yes, this entire time, like, outside of the Austin Rivers, you know, J.J. Reddick, Doc Rivers, whatever drama, like, this is the talk and will continue to be the talk until Thursday when NBA games start again. So, like, Silver, congratulations. We're talking about the All-Star game. I just don't know. Like, I think just because of the bad press, like, I think that is what it is. Like, for example, I work on basketball intelligence. We get articles out, you know, every day on, like, the all the stuff, right? I did it on Monday, and it was, like, at least 10. Like, <laughs> I only picked like seven or eight that I thought were like pretty decent in terms of arguments and things like that. There was at least 10 different ones on pretty reputable sites about the all-star game. Like, and it's going to be more, I feel like, I just think I'm with you. Like on the one hand, there's a a feeling of like, I don't know, like something has to be done, but what's going to be done. But at the same time, like the NBA just going to resign themselves to this, like this kind of media. I just can't see it. Man. I I, I do want to, um, I feel like, the players are kind of missing a point on something because we just had a week, for example, of everybody getting behind Trey Young because he got snubbed in the all-star game and between him maybe feeling away and other players and like everybody rallied behind him to get in there. And then he gets in there and he's part of the, just giving the fans nothing. And so I, I, I do kind of do want to point out that, the players doing that after they're being voted for and being supported. And they, they have incentives in their contracts to where if they make an all-star team, they get this much. 
anyway. I do feel like them saying I will well play hard if you pay me more. It's kind of a slap in the face to the fans. Mm-hmm. I just want oh, to say agreed. That. Agreed. The only the only suggestion, and I, I think I heard someone on Twitter say it. The only thing that makes sense if they just don't do wholesale changes is announce the All Stars during the season, mm-hmm. but don't have the game and the the festivities of it all until right before the start of the next season. I kind of like that idea because not only are the players like refreshed, they're looking to get back on the court. If you're going to glorify it as this like not no defense exhibition anyway, do it right before the preseason. Just have the festivities at that point. The players may care because they haven't really seen any action. Mm-hmm. Get the stars out there. I think the only way to fix this is to move it the date entirely. Give the players a break during the actual season. I'm not mad at that. That's interesting. I like it. Um, switching gears a little bit here, Corbin, were the Nets right to fire Jock Vaughn and are the Nets a sneaky disaster up in Brooklyn right now? I mean, I don't know. I don't think they're any more of a disaster than they've been. Like, you're trying to build around a guy who's probably 28 and, like, he's a futurist if he's, like, a 22, 23-year-old. I think, like, I love Mikhail Bridges. Like, I lived in Arizona. He became, like, a really good player. But, like, I mean, I think Stevie Wonder could kind of see the ceiling on him. Like, I don't know if he's, like you know, going to be like a 10-pole star. He's a very fine player. I think just the philosophy they're having is kind of an issue, right? The 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 lack, I think they made like, what, one one move at the trade deadline? Like, the lack of moves, the, the idea to be like a scary 11th seed, like, they're just kind of stuck in mediocrity, right? Which is essentially what they were, you know, before they acquired Kevin Durant and Kyrie. I think the difference was they had guys who were like young, like on the come up, you know, D'Angelo Russell, Jared Allen, back when those guys had potential of who knows where they could be, right? And I mean, we kind of know now, but at the time, even then they were mediocre, but like they had some young guys peppered up and down their roster that you could look at and go, okay, like, let's see what this becomes. And they're like, actually, now nah, forget it. We got KD Kyrie, you know, and, and DeAndre Jordan. And then it was KD Kyrie and James Harden, right? Like, and now it's the general mediocrity again. So I don't think they're any worse. I don't know. Javon, I'm not going to lie. I wasn't super impressed with him. Like, I think he's a great person from all accounts, like a really solid guy. I've never thought he was a great X and O's person. Um... I mean, just some of the rotations and the way he was playing, you know, the, during the season with the Nets, that wasn't super great, right? Um, and that's just not – I don't think that was his, like, strength. And so, yeah, if you have a team that's trying to win and, you know, Jacques Vaughn can't get the lineups out there and you also lose by, like, 45, 50-something, you know, like that, like, yeah, that you're probably going to lose your job. Like, you were, weren't that great to begin with, and then and then you, you have a couple embarrassing losses. And, yeah, I just – I don't have too much of a thought on it. Like, it's kind of weird the timing of it. Could have fired him the next day. I mean, he could have fired him over the weekend. Like, you wait until, all right, like, resume, resumption of business. Like, there's no, you know, deadline on firing a coach. Can fire a coach, fire a coach. So, like, I thought that was weird. But, like, I'm not like, oh, Jacques Vaughn does it. No, no. Like, okay, I'm sorry. Um, but I don't know. I don't, I'm not, I don't have any hot takes on that. I just think Brooklyn's kind of a, they're a bad team, right? And they're trying to figure out the culture. I think the next person to probably go is Sean Marks. Like, I'm not sure how, you know, in the last eight years you've gone through four coaches and you're still good. Um, I just think that's like, hmm. I mean, if you're not Charlotte or one of the like bottom teams, I don't know why you're, you know, Washington with Ernie Grunfeld for years. I'm not sure why you think you're you're safe, but anyway, um, yeah, I, I I just it was time for a change. I hope that you know, um, Kevin Ollie is the coach that Brooklyn needs. I, I you know he was really good in college. I think he's still like more of a motivator type, but you know, maybe that's that's Brooklyn thought they need to change the direction, and yeah, that's that's kind of what I have on that. I think it's wild too. You look at it. I thought they'd had a couple fifty-one seasons. They haven't had a fifty-one season since two thousand one. Two thousand one. 
for the oh, Nets. Geez, like they've had some talented yeah. teams in here, yeah. and we're talking mm-hmm. long, long time. And you have some forty win seasons here. Like Jock Vaughn went forty three and thirty two last year, replacing Nash. They get to the first round, they lose. Um, they made the semis with Nash in uh, 2020, 2021. He was 48 and 24. I mean, you think about the Kenny Atkinson years and those are positive for the most part. And you're like, oh, but the wins weren't really there. I mean, Kenny gets uh, fired 28 and 34 um, in 2019, 2020. And then, I mean, he's 500 before that. And everyone has these good thoughts. And you're like, oh, they're Avery Johnson years. You look at Lawrence Frank years. I mean, since Byron Scott, the Nets have been a sneaky disaster. Different ownership groups now, different cities. But by and large, I think the Nets have flown under the radar because the Knicks are just a bigger deal in New York. But the Knicks are operating like a stable run franchise. Like they are uh, the I mean, they are absolutely in a much better spot than the Nets are. And I just feel like the Nets just don't know what they're doing. Like, I, Kenny, you look at it. They just go back and forth between going all in, putting all their chips in and then panicking and then uh, maybe holding on guys for a little bit too long and not really understanding what kind of long term direction they want to go. in. it's just it seems like the Nets have no they have an identity crisis to me yeah. more than anything else. Right. Yeah, it's exactly a couple of things you said. Uh, one, they just simply don't know what they're doing Two. The Jacques Vaughn thing, for example, and he he wasn't that great of a coach. I like Jacques Vaughn, but he him getting fired, I don't think moves the needle either way, because it, it's it's a the issues are coming from higher up. Even with them fumbling the KD uh, Kyrie thing, it, it's just in that case you bring in Steve Nash, who's an inexperienced coach, to manage these egos, and he, and people like Steve Nash, but that wasn't the coach for that situation. They kind of messed up with that. Uh, the trade in Jared Allen, essentially for no reason, aside from KD and Kyrie wanting to play with DeAndre Jordan, who was no longer DeAndre Jordan. It's just a, a franchise that just kind of has no idea what it's doing. And they've shown it now with trying to build um, around Mikael Bridges, who, like y'all have said, is a really good player, but is 28 years old. And has shown that he's not a – he may not even be an all-star. So I don't understand that. Um, so I, I just don't – I don't. It's, it's a franchise I don't understand. It's I, also I they have know. nothing in the cupboard. They don't have first-round picks the next two years. Right. Like, they're kind of rebuilding, don't have picks, and they don't have any young players to be excited about. We talk about Mikhail. He's a good player. He's 27. Yeah. Cam Johnson's 27. Dorian Finney's 30. Like, uh, uh, Nick Claxton's fine. He's not a core guy. Like, he's not someone that you're like, oh, untouchable. Like, this is a team about ready to go to a rebuild with no first-round picks. And all this with Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and James Harden just a couple years ago. To have a cupboard this bare, to me, Chris, speaks to, like, there is absolutely no reason Sean Marks should still be the GM of the Nets. So it's like, if you're going to move on from Jock Vaughn, I get that. Sean Marks has fumbled this in a significant way over the last couple of years and i just think you need a whole new vision and just wipe this slate clean because there need to be wholesale changes and i just feel like they're in a sneaky spot where th- this is a disaster and i think sean marks being able to avoid um a lot of these firestorms is very strange to me yeah i mean i think a lot of it is circumstantial too i don't think Jacques vaughn was the problem um unless they really do feel that kevin ollie is their guy and they just want to get him into this role as soon as possible groom him to be the long-term head coach i can totally justify that kind of like what they had with milwaukee with adrian griffin they were just like you know what it's not happening let's just rip the band-aid off and get doc rivers in which 
you know, remains to be seen. I think the problem with Brooklyn, though, in general, though, and, and this is something that is also an issue with the Clippers as well, is that they're always going to be second fiddle, you know, in their own area, right? The Nets are mm. never going to be the Knicks. The Clippers are never going to be the Lakers. That's why they have to make these big, splashy moves, these big, splashy hires, like hiring a Steve Nash, like bringing together Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving and James Harden. That obviously didn't pan out. And a lot of the onus has to fall on the players as well. They're three superstar players that couldn't seem to make it work under that regime. I think the assets that they got, you know, Mikhail Bridges, like you said, is not exactly young, you know, in terms of, you know, what what is considered young in basketball. Cam Thomas, Cam Johnson, all these guys. Claxton's probably going to leave in free agency. I think he's unrestricted this year as well. And then, of course, Ben Simmons, which hasn't panned out because his career is always going to be in flux with his injured back. So I can kind of, you know, give a little bit of, you know, sympathy to Brooklyn's situation. I think the assets that they have, considering what they used to have, is probably the best situation that they could have really ended up in. But like you said, I think Sean Marks has really kind of, you know, fumbled a lot of moves and he's probably the one that needs to be, you know, you know, walking the plank at this point, not the head coach. I, man, the Nets are just, they're in trouble and I just don't see them getting out of this anytime soon. I think they just, they're under the radar, but I think they're a sneaky dumpster fire and Ben Simmons contract still on the books for several more years and the man's already 30. It's crazy. Um, Kenny, do you like the Mike Conley extension to your extension? Um, played really well this year, obviously, um, in Minnesota with those uh, young guys and obviously thriving atop the West. But do you like uh, the Conley extension for Minnesota? I definitely like it. I feel like these teams, especially a team like Minnesota that has so many young guys, you need a guy like Mike Conley who's been around for a long time who has the IQ, who has the experience. Because when you look at that team, although they're one of the best in the league right now, going into these playoffs, this is going to be the first time they're probably favorites to win a series, depending on who they go up against. Mm. And so you need some, you need a veteran presence. And Mike Conley's also played well. And what's kind of gone under the radar is Rudy Gobert has been more than functional offensively this season. And a big part of it is Mike Conley having that chemistry with him from the Utah days. And so extending that for a little longer, especially when he's shown he can still play and still play well, I think is the correct move for Minnesota, especially considering the fact it's a small market. And even though they have been a good team, you're not really getting free agents with that money anyway. And so I'm I'm definitely all for it. I think so, too. And it's not a lot of money. And he's just been a really good leader. But I think the health, it seems like that's probably the biggest gamble there a little bit is that he's going to be able to keep playing at this level and be one of your core starters and someone who they need uh, ready to go come playoff time. Like a lot is kind of sneaky riding on uh, Mike Conley. I mean, you bring in Monty Morris, so we'll see how that goes. But Mm -hmm. still, you don't want to be in a position where uh, Conley's not available. Uh, What do you think, Corbin? Muted. There we go. I agree. I think that he's a guy that this is a smart move. He's been playing well. He's definitely been a setting force for them. Um, at the same time, like they're kind of over a barrel. I mean, even acquiring Monty Morris didn't like lessen the leverage or lack thereof that they had with Conley in negotiating, right? I read there was over a month of them going back and forth. I think it's a good deal. I think he has stability he wants. Um, I do worry. I mean, not that he declines. I mean, he's, you know, he's still been a very solid player, but at some point, I mean, every point guard, you know, it happens, right? Mm-hmm. Like the drop. And so, um, and they don't have another option that. So, like, if he falls off fast in his 36, 37 year, you know, you can't bring Monte Morris back. So you have another guard on, like, a, a vet minimum. I I mean, unless you're going to go point Anthony Dave, or Anthony Edwards full-time, like, I think get, things can get kind of weird really quick, right? Um, 
But for what it was, yeah, I think it was a nice piece of business for sure. Uh, he's been great for them. They're number one in the West. Like the math is simple on that, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Chris, what team? This would be fun. Which team has the best second half surge? So when you think about coming out of the All-Star break, who do you think comes out of the gate and just has the all-time great February through May run here? I don't know if it's going to be an all-time great run, but considering how they entered the All-Star break and considering everything that's at stake for the rest of the season and hopefully into the playoffs, I'm keeping my eye on the Golden State Warriors. Mm. Uh, Eight and two heading into the break. Um, during that stretch, they were like having a top 10 offense, a top 10 defense. I'm curious if this Clay Thompson, you know, raising the second unit ceiling, uh, he had 35 against the Utah Jazz, the final game before the break, which was huge, even though they lost. Jonathan Kaminga has been incredible as a starter. Like I, I was hoping that the Raptors would snatch him for Siakam uh, before that trade with the Pacers went through, because I think Kaminga has a lot of potential. But I think with the Warriors, and I'm currently writing a piece for Odd Shark about this as well. This feels like it's kind of like their final curtain call, like the mm. dynasty that is the Golden State Warriors. They're going to be entering this next era uh, with the, with the young guys that they currently have. And I think Clay Thompson, this is in all likelihood his final season with Golden State. I think he's going to demand far far more money uh, than Golden State's probably willing to pay him. I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up in Los Angeles or even Orlando. I know Orlando's been kind of uh, sprinkled about in rumors as of late. But I think the Warriors kind of understand that, hey, I know entering this season, the best case scenario was, you know, taking our veteran guys that have won as championships, mixing them in with the young blood, and hopefully making one final push for a championship. I don't think they're going to get that far. I think they will be favored by some in an opening round matchup against Oklahoma City or Minnesota because they are unproven. Golden State has that championship pedigree, which those teams don't have. So I think if Golden State can sneak in and if they can make this situation with Clay coming off the bench work, even if he gets incorporated back into the starting lineup, I really like Golden State's chances to kind of work their way out of that play-in spot. Even if they are in the play-in, I think they'll be favored to exit it. Um, so yeah, the, the success that they've had heading into the break and uh, just everything that's at stake. Uh, keep your eye on the Warriors. They're above 500. Like you said, winner of eight of their last 10, 27-26 um still some ground to make up uh with the lakers and company above them but like you said i mean it's not like there's just a huge huge drop off and i mean if you're the timberwolves or the thunder do you want any part of steph curry in this group in round one corbin i think i'll pass um <laughs> just, something, just something i'm I'm okay with, with letting that one go um especially just because the stress that on over a series especially that he puts on you i mean he's still even he'll be 36 by that point like well conley's age funny anyway by the time he like gets on that like in terms of his um tenacity the way he can wear you down and go for the explosions opens up for so many other people we'll see john the Kaminga, you know Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. In a bigger role, right? Clay Thompson might have a throwback game. Like, ultimately, the Warriors' experience will come into play, you know, as they're able to wear down a team and you're not used to them. They could still be the Warriors of old, right? Most of the time, they're just the old Warriors, like just old. But, like, sometimes they can kind of swing it back on you, and that could be a series for them. I mean, those two teams are teams that are younger and or inexperienced in the playoffs, you know, um, with Oklahoma City to be the first time since, what, the Russ years? And in Minnesota, what, I think last year they were in it, and they were gone a year. No, they've been the last three, have they? Yeah. Well, I mm-hmm. guess you could say they're more experienced, but they've been, like, early exits every time. They haven't got the first round since, you know, Ant and Cav gotten back in there. So either way, I think you take you you like the Warriors' chances at the very least against either of those teams. And no team would really want to match up with the Warriors in that in that kind of situation anyway. What do you think, Kenny? Are you buying the second half surge from the Warriors? 100 percent Because like Chris said, they've they've gone eight and two in the last 10 going into the break. Uh another thing that's going on under the radar is they haven't really – they've been bad to Warriors standards, but they've been an average NBA team, and that's with Draymond, their heart and soul, missing a ton of time. And we also get to see what Chris Paul can bring him once his hand gets better. And so I do think there is going to be a situation where they continue to win, basically. And they could be a tough matchup for a team that is less experienced because at the top of the West right now, you have Minnesota and you have OKC, who have been very good, but like we've stated, are also very young. So – as far as wanting to get that Golden State Warriors matchup, I don't want that if I'm one of those teams. I I also love pods over here pocket watching and Clay's like set like the, the, the <laughs> post game blog. That's just hilarious stuff where he's staying late and all that kind of stuff. But I also think it's interesting, Chris, that you're like maybe he this is it for Clay. Um, I don't know. Yeah. Nothing would surprise me at Clay because all of his answers are pretty thoughtful. It's been a rough year for him, but him taking a pay cut wouldn't surprise me to stay with the Warriors. Him leaving for LA wouldn't surprise me uh, with the dad connections and stuff like that. But I don't know. That's going to be a fun offseason thing. And the Warriors are getting healthy. They're figuring some stuff out with their best lineups. And man, if you're the Thunder or you're the Timberwolves, I, I don't think you want any part of the Lakers and or the Warriors in the first round. Like you want to avoid that, especially if both are healthy in that spot. Um, Corbin, which contract is the worst in the NBA right now? I was thinking about this. I was going through different contracts today and I was like, what do you think is actually the worst one? What is actually like the worst? Maybe it's the most untradeable. Maybe it's just, I mean, it, it can be your interpretation of it. What, what's the worst yeah. contract for you? Uh, for me, it's John Collins. Um, I'm just kidding. Mm. Um, no, I'm just, I'm just fine. Oh, just, I was like, that's <laughs> no. <laughs> the man no, threw uh, it out of bounds. It wasn't his fault. He was trying to find his, like he was like he was trying to make a play with two seconds to go. He thought oh, he saw a, someone yeah. in the in the stands. Like that, that was a fun closing sequence. But no, he's actually been solid in in um in Utah. But um, mm-hmm. my guy is in Washington. It's Jordan Poole. Um, yeah, oh, I think I, I, Zach Levine was like one I was thinking of, and I mean, he's not super great, but at least he brings more value than Jordan Poole does, right? Yeah. Um, Poole is just, I mean, come on, it's been horrific. Like, you know, he wanted to lead a team. Um, congratulations, like, he's led the Wizards to the to the very bottom, like, like that mission accomplished, sir. I, I just, I don't know, they don't play smart, they don't execute efficiency. He's down across the board in literally most offensive physical categories, like. 
is not great. He got what, splits of 40, 30, 85. Thank goodness for free throws. Um, he's not even a 20 point per game score. You had some people, I, I'm glad to say it wasn't me, that were like, hey, you know, he's about to pop off. Like, this guy's going to be unleashed like 26, 27 points. I'll leave about 12 points short, y'all. Like, like he's struggling to get these 15s. It's not even like it's an easy 15. Like, it's rough. It's a rough watch. And so, I mean, he was the easy one for me, especially when you're paying to do 30 mil, you know, a, a year, 30 plus mil, 35, 37 to, to, to give you over the last couple of games, um, last game, last five games. He had 19 points on 19 shots against uh, Boston. Uh, he had 11 points on four, eight shooting. He had a beautiful game against Dallas, uh, three points, six rebounds, three assists on one of 12, um, 19 points on 17 shots. Like this is all the nights were for Jordan Poole. Um, this is what he does. And you're paying him a, a, a good portion of your cap for the privilege of that. Um, and I don't know if it's just the fit, if he just was, you know, he's exposed now in Washington and it wasn't as, you know, in a system in Golden State. Again, the beautiful game to see current employees, he's able to kind of fit, you know, a lot better. Um, but with the contract that he's on again, 30 this year, 33 next year, 35 in 2026, 2027, um, $99 million for that. Nah, I think, I mean, I like that one pool's probably up there and that's like one of those, man, you just break up a good thing, man. You didn't realize you had a great thing in golden state. Like you were the third guy. You didn't get all this attention, like with the clay to, but like, it was right there. The opportunity was right there for you to mm-hmm. just be a key cog. You want a title with this group to just be okay with this group of guys where it's like you don't know what you have until it's over and you're gone. You're like, oh, I want my own team. It's like, well, here's your own team. You're getting booed by your own fans. Like this was this is the worst case scenario. And it's just like, man, that that worked. You and Clay and Clay falling uh falling off a little bit and that kind of thing. Like it was nice. Like Jordan Poole, you developed and you were you had a really good thing going in golden state and i don't know that's just one of those where you just kind of you feel bad for both sides i think a sneaky one chris is chris middleton his hmm. contract he's a player option in 2026 i don't know if you've looked at his numbers this year Ooh. chris middleton's having a bad year chris middleton's barely ever available i think my gut says chris middleton's the worst contract in basketball because i don't know if it's tradable yeah. for a lot of teams around the league and the bucks need him in a significant way come playoff time i don't know if you can still count on chris middleton at this point in his career in his mid-30s i don't know if he can be a closer and that kind of big shot maker on a championship team again like you got your ring which is good but that chris middleton contract to me i think might be the worst contract in basketball given all the context involved yeah, that player option hurts. I mean, he's he's probably going to pick it up because his his performance, yeah. like his points per game, are going down. But that also mm-hmm. is with Damian Lillard in the backcourt. Drew Holiday wasn't soaking up a lot of shots like Lillard is. Yeah. Middleton also has his injury problems as well. He's actually shooting far more efficiently than he was a season ago, which is what Milwaukee essentially just needs from him at this point. If he could defend, great. Drew Holiday again is no longer there. He was like the anchor of that defense. Um, yeah, I would have. I was going to agree with Corbin. I think Jordan Poole is up there mm-hmm. as well. I mean, Ben Simmons too. A lot of it is just based on injuries and whatnot. But his contract is expiring next year for mm-hmm. forty million, and uh, Brooklyn will probably look to get off that as soon as possible. So, uh, again, make your money. Look, the salary cap is only going to go up. These players that are that are you know the pools of the world who get their own team, and all of a sudden the the spotlight is on them, and they can no longer score, they can no longer shoot. Again, get paid, guys. There you go. Kenny, what about you? Uh, honestly, I was going to also say Jordan Poole, just hmm. for the simple fact of 
he's not even their best player. Kyle <laughs> Kuzma is. Yeah. And 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 so, and it's not expiring anytime soon. And with the way he's played, nobody's trading for him. Like he, he like he he's kind of like sunk his value completely mm. by leaving Golden State because now I, I don't think it's so much of him not being as good anymore. I think he just doesn't have anybody to really cover for him anymore. Mm. Kyle Kuzma's sneakily having a really good season, but aside from that, you kind of have nothing. Uh, you also um, traded away Daniel Gafford, who covered up some of the defense, and that's also gone. So now he's really exposed, and so I, I just think there's kind of nowhere to go for for him. And on a team that kind of just—I don't even want to say got off the Bradley Bill money because Bradley Bill is a really good player, but to go into that situation now, it's it, it's just another disaster for the Wizards. It's just back to back disasters for them over and over again. And it just gets to a point where it's like they have to figure something out. And I don't think they're going to be able to figure anything out with this Jordan Poole thing. No, I don't either. And they're just kind of trapped. Um, Kenny, your league pass team right now. Uh, why and why not when the break ends should fans tune into the Chicago Bulls? The answer to that is very simple. Kobe White. Kobe yep. White is, is my pick for most improved player. Right now he is sitting at 19.6 points per game. I believe five rebounds, five assists. Uh, he had a game recently where he just completely took over in the fourth quarter. I'm not, I don't even remember whether they won that game or not, but he is a completely different player now. Hmm. And especially with, unfortunately, the Lonzo Ball injury and the Zach Levine injury, he's getting the touches and he's finally becoming the Kobe White who got drafted into the, into Chicago. And so, and they also still have DeMar DeRozan, and that's great. You kind of know what he brings. But Kobe White has been an incredible watch this season and i actually have been watching a decent amount of bulls games because of that i love the kobe white thing so when you talk about like what's been different because obviously the numbers are so when you're watching bulls games what is kobe white doing better and like is there all-star potential now with kobe white is he um well like what what's different about kobe for the the folks not tuning in if they're not bulls fans he's really I don't want to say he's taking a leadership role but he's definitely not playing the background like he used to it's like he kind of Finally, and, and it, it seems very simple, but he kind of like seems like he realizes the, the confidence is there. I'll put it that way. There's situations where DeMar DeRozan may usually be the person who gets this shot at the end of the game. And Kobe White is like, no, let me bring the ball over here. I mm-hmm. got us. There's a just completely different attitude with Kobe White. You can tell he really worked on his game. He's a lot more efficient this year than he's been in, in past years. it's just all across the board. I just feel like Kobe White finally understands that he's Kobe White, the one who came out of North Carolina as a high lottery pick. And it's just, it's just been, it's been incredible to watch, man. I like it. I like it. What do you think, uh, Corbin? Is that, is Kobe White the best reason for the Bulls right now to tune in? I mean, I'm still a fan of DeMar DeRozan balling out. No, I'm kidding. Um, I am, but it, it really is Kobe White. Yeah. I mean, oh, Chris, thank you. Yeah, there you go. Raptor forever. Exactly. No, like, I, I think it is. I mean, it's clearly been him. I, I think that Ayudisuma's had some moments, right? Um, And you did have that, that run right after Zach Levine got injured where it all kind of worked, right? The younger guys stepped up, you know, um, DeMar DeRozan, Nikola Vucevic played well. But outside of this, like Patrick Williams probably out for the year, right? They're kind of mm-hmm. taking extreme precaution with the injury he had, which to me spells, yep, not playing. And even if he was, he has not been super great, right? Like it's the fourth year we're seeing of just – general okay you're picked number four and we're getting like major not even marvin williams energy out of you like uh, what are we getting i'm not sure like i I, it's the most damning indictment but like he can be on the floor sometimes 
And then he'll be out and say, oh, in comes X player for Patrick Williams. I'm like, who's, who's on the floor? Like, uh, I, I hold, didn't on, even hold on, hold on, here. hold on. Here. I can tell you the man shooting 36% from three right now, Julian Phillips, VFL, long-term answer at the four. Many forget some good dunks. Like, <laughs> hey, when Patrick Williams goes away, he rises. I'm all about it, man. Julian Phillips for me. Like I, I love Julian Phillips, but um, that's oh, that's yeah. who you're thinking of, Corbett. That no namer you're talking is Julian Phillips. Yeah, there you go. Exactly. I was giving an example. I random, but you're right. There you go. Julian Phillips. It is. But like either way, it's just a surprise that oh yeah, like I, I didn't realize Williams was he just out there getting cardio, man. He just he's just, he just going up them down the floor, and I'm not like no disrespect. Like Chris said, get your money and everything, but like he's kind of impacting that, right? Like we'll see kind of what it is moving forward for him, but yeah. I don't know. Aside from that, yeah, Kobe White's the the the, the clear answer there, and the steps he's taken because he was kind of getting some flack over the last couple seasons for like failure to launch to what people expected. Now here it is, and another reminder that yes, being a point guard in the NBA takes time, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean their guard rotation. I mean Kobe White, Alex Caruso, Ao, and uh, Javon Carter. I mean that's just like, oof, that's just a lot of solid NBA bodies. And like, it's just kind of a pain. Like the bulls are still just a pain and they refuse to trade guys. And uh, they still got your guy, uh, DeMar DeRozan, Chris. <laughs> Bring him home to Toronto. I need something to be cheerful about. These Do you want DeRozan back? Well, no, but just for the vibes, man. You see what <laughs> okay. you see the hate that Scotty Barnes is getting on Twitter these days. I need something to just like cheer me up, man. It's getting rough out there. Yeah. Do Raptors fans hate their star player? What's happening here? I certainly don't. Have you seen the tweets that I sent out about Scotty Barnes? I'm like literally saying every yeah. Raptor he ever passes in franchise history I know. for scoring. And he's still You're doing your part. Twitter. What the hell, Scotty? You're doing wow, your part, Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, he blocked me on Twitter. Yeah, I couldn't believe it. But, you know, Wait, I was Scotty blocked you on, on Twitter? Yeah, he blocked me on Twitter. Yeah. Why? I mean, wouldn't you? I mean, let's be <laughs> honest here. Twelve. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not, kidding. No, I'm like, I mean, middle. No, I'm like, I was yeah. tagging him like once a month to ask him to be on my podcast. Maybe he just didn't say that. Okay, well, that might be more. <laughs> that's a lame reason, but that's a I funny know. one. Hey, way to shoot your shot. And, you know, shoot hey, you got to shoot your shot, man. Um, yeah. Like Scotty Barnes. There you go. Uh, Walter, <laughs> your wild NBA thought of the week this week is what, sir? Uh, we're looking a little bit into the future here, but just uh-huh. based on some of the things that he's saying and the lack of immediate success of his team, I am convincing myself that Doc Rivers is not going to survive next season with Mo- the Milwaukee Bucks. I think this next season or this season, are we sure he survives next no. week with this team? <laughs> no, he he also. I mean, I have to give him some time. Like, I have to be a little bit patient here. But just the way he's talking to the media already about like the management's decision to put him into this head coaching role, you know, midway through a season, he was saying that, you know, it's it's hard enough to pick up the slack from a coach who just got fired and incorporate your own style and your own philosophies. But the team is three and eight since he got hired as the new head coach. Hopefully this break will kind of like fix things and revitalize the Bucks. Their defense has improved under Rivers, if ever so slightly. It's still like 11th in the league. Last year they were second or third, so it's still a drop-off. Their offense has gotten worse under Doc Rivers as well. And I don't think Giannis Antetokounmpo is a very patient man. Milwaukee is Mm -hmm. fortunate that he is locked in for a while because this is the type of guy who could be like, you know what? I helped bring this franchise a championship. If we exit in the first round or don't go as far as I think this potentially could go, then I'm going to demand a trade. And why wouldn't he? Like They should accommodate him if, if shit hits the fan. But I, I don't think Doc Rivers, and we we can 
to an entire podcast about his failures in the postseason. I don't think Rivers was the guy to take over. I thought Adrian Griffin was actually doing a pretty admirable job considering, you know, they did lose Drew Holiday for Damian Lillard. You're trading in defense for offense. That hasn't panned out, but Griffin was a first-time head coach, and there was going to be those growing pains. But I think with Rivers just kind of bitching to the media, and we all, if, if you haven't seen it uh, online circulating, the, the rant that J.J. Redick rant went on about Rivers uh, was pretty fascinating. It was like a wrestling promo. It was very cool. Uh, I think if, if Milwaukee fizzles out for the rest of the season and into the playoffs, because, man, if they get Indiana in the first round, Ooh, that is going to get ugly real quick for those boys. It'd be high scoring. It'll be a lot uh, back and forth. I mean, I don't think Indiana has anything for Dame and um, uh, Giannis, but it will be it'll be fun either way. Hey, Siakam I mean, will help. Siakam will help. Siakam will help. Um, that's going to get you taking taking getting used to is just forgetting that Pascal is a uh, is a pacer. Um Kenny, do you uh, do you agree with uh, the doc questions and do you think the Bucks get back on track enough uh here in the second half? Uh I I don't think they're going to really be that great. Uh it's just for the simple fact Doc Rivers has a very long history of going into situations and completely ruining them. Whether you talk about ruining the all the way back with the Tim Duncan almost joining Orlando Magic and ruining that. Whether you talk about the Lob City Clippers teams where that whole thing just went to pure garbage and they should have been contenders, but he's he's weird with his rotations and then he stopped getting along with the players. And you think about the Sixers and ruining the Ben Simmons relationship and now he goes to Milwaukee and immediately is questioning management. He keeps bringing up Adrian Griffin because this isn't the first time. You also mentioned which which is admirable. He's going to give his all-star check to Adrian Griffin, but you can he's made it very clear he's on Adrian Griffin's side, and he has to be in that building every day. And Giannis is also getting to a point where he has a long history of being very open about not being happy with coaches. And so I think not only do the Bucks not really be much of a successful team this season, I think they're headed for disaster, and it's just a matter of time. When you say disaster, are we talking like just full on implosion, Dame gone, um, Giannis gone, and just Milwaukee really imploding over the next couple of years, or just like, look, they're just they've they're kind of stuck with this core and they're just not gonna be able to build a real contender with this group, even speaking to Middleton's contract. I think it's gonna get to a point where somebody leaves. Um, I don't know if it's gonna be Giannis because he's the guy, but we've mentioned earlier Chris Middleton is gonna pick up that um contract as well. That's gonna kind of mess things up for him. Uh, I don't know if they're going to fire Doc right away because hiring him in the first place was already such a big mess. Mm-hmm. And so I'm not sure exactly what's going to happen, but I, I know they're, they're, there's going to be way too many distractions for them to win anything. Yeah, they're still paying their last three head coaches. There's no way <laughs> yeah. they're going to yeah. like, like, literally, they're all on payroll and haven't been like, there's no way they add Doc to that and then pay four. That would just, no. I, I mean, I can't, I'm with you. I can't, I'm with you, Kenny. I, I can't believe that they would do that, at least so soon. Like they it's already off bad, but it's too late. What they should have done is just brought back Budenholzer at the deadline, like at the All-Star break. That's what they should have done. Just swallow their pride and say, we messed up. We don't have to start all over. Just swallow your pride. Like we, <laughs> Budenholzer, come back. You're not doing anything. Just uh, get this team back on track. And like, I think Mike would probably do it. Like it's still a great job. And hey, that's a good story. Like that's a cool narrative. Like, hey, we messed up. And uh, we've won a lot of games here uh, with each other. And like, hey, you you know the players, you know the system. Um, just bring back button 
and they went the dock route and we'll see what ultimately happens here. But um, I I'm with you guys. I don't think this ends well um, for Milwaukee. Uh, final thing here, Kenny, uh, what's up with the Miami heat this week, sir? DeLon Wright has been, well, I'm predicting they haven't played yet. It's going to be sneakily just as good of a buyout pickup as Kevin Love was. Just mm. for the simple fact of need. So last season, the Heat really needed a little bit of size, and Bam needed some help with rebounding because he's usually switches so much, and he's out on the perimeter a lot. Kevin Love fixed a lot of that. For years and years and years, really the whole Jimmy Butler era, the Heat have desperately needed point-of-attack defense. Uh, they tried to Victor Oladipo, but he was already just way too injured, and it was, it was done already. DeLon Wright brings that. He brings nail help. He brings quick hands. He brings – because that was the question when pairing Terry Rozier and Tyler Hero is like, all right, the defense is going to stink, at least on, on on the perimeter. So you bring in somebody who specializes in defense, also a really good catch-and-shoot shooter over the past, I want to say, five years now. He's been pretty good. And so I think he gets a lot more minutes than a lot of people may think he will, and I think he's going to really contribute to really – not have big games, but to kind of cover up a lot of issues that he'd have had, especially with them. Terry Rozier is also injured right now. And so they kind of don't, they've been running Tyler Hero a lot at point guard and he's looked good, but I think DeLon Wright just kind of remedies a lot of issues they've had really for years. And if that pans out, it could get a little scary because it's a a lot more difficult to kind of attack somebody because if you're going to hunt Tyler Hero, you have to worry about DeLon Wright with the nail help swiping and getting steals and all that stuff. He's been, I believe, per 36 towards the top of the league in deflections for years now. If like, if not, I think it may have been Brady Hawk who said he's been no lower than top three for maybe the past four or five years in deflections. And so I think when you add somebody like that to an already tough heat defense and their only thing they've been missing is someone at the point guard position who could do it, 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 it could – it could really pan out for my team, man. I love it. And I'm always going to be a Dylan Wright guy. Like, he was so good as Trey's backup. Like, I miss Dylan Wright all the time. Like, he's such he, a fun guy to watch. He stuck Tyler Hero down in those playoffs. Yeah. He's great. So, yeah. He's he's just a great pro, and he's just someone who should stick and be – uh he's just a important important player. I, I think he's going to be great in the Heat. I love I love that thought. Um, Yeah, I, I love it. Anything new with the, the Raptors, Chris? Anything positive going in? To the uh, I like hearing DeLon Wright's name just because he was a former <laughs> Raptor. I remember when he was like a part of our bench mob, like there was a legitimate debate mm-hmm. of who should be the backup. Should it be Wright or Fred Van Vliet? Obviously, it mm-hmm. panned out because Van Vliet became an all-star. But I was very much a Wright guy. He's got really good length as a as a backup point guard, like, like Kenny was saying, like deflections near the top of the league. And I think he's going to be able to kind of you know, help the a backcourt in Miami that's not exactly defensively sound with with Tyler Hero and Terry Rozier when he is healthy. So as far as bio pickups go, really solid for Miami. They know how to pick up these guys out of obscurity and turning them turn them into something special. And then there are teams like the Lakers, Corbin, who know when to get those heat guys when they're <laughs> yeah. all done. Yeah. Gabe Vincent. Oh it's probably not gonna play this year. I'm anyway. Yeah. I, I just I don't know. That Gabe Vincent I, I contract, understand. man. No, it was dumb. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he got. I mean, he was on a heater. That's great. Like, I love it. We didn't need him. Uh, but I mean, if you have Alex Caruso or Dennis Schroeder in that spot, like, how different things are this year? Oh, okay, I need a minute. Caruso Sorry. for um, sure. Alex yeah. Caruso makes a huge difference. I think. Yeah, yeah. Caruso I mean, Caruso yeah, would yeah. be gigantic. Like, that's like, just one. Like, we need it. 
I mean, we Sorry, got Corbin. Spencer Dimbody now, so we're fine. But um, <laughs> but like, hey, you should be happy because former Raptor Spencer Dinwiddie. All right, Raptors legend. <laughs> exactly. How many teams has he been on? Is he in the double digits yet? No. He's probably nearing it. What? Right? Brooklyn, Detroit, Dallas, Brooklyn again. Entering that Luke Ridnour territory. <laughs> yeah, he only has like five. Is it only five? I would have thought I like mean, seven. Four. So. Maybe he went two stints in Brooklyn, Detroit. Oh, Washington. He played in Washington. Washington. Oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. He was with the Windy been... City Bulls. I was yeah. like, I thought he was a Chicago Bulls. That's okay. So, so yeah, one, two, three, four, five, six. Yeah, he's yeah. at six. Okay. I forgot Washington. Yeah, I was a season. Eh. For Anyways. um, But yeah. So, like, I don't know. I I, I do. I don't know. That, that contract for Vincent is rough. Especially to like have him sit, it, it feels very much like Kendrick Nunn, like all over again. Mm-hmm. Um, even to the point where they got signed, where the first thought I had was, why? And the mm-hmm. second thought I had was, oh, okay, he's not that bad. And then, oh, he's injured. Oh, he's still injured. Oh, half the season. Oh, like, like literally, I'm going through the seven stages of grief or the seven stages of a Lakers signing a, a former Heat guard. Like, come on now. <laughs> I don't know. I just, you I just never want to go away. If the Heat are letting them out of the Heat culture, like, uh... they, that should be a sign. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But you that know what? Be a sign. This is the worst part about it is the Lakers twice, like, should have known <laughs> it was going to go bad. Kendrick mm. Nunn had worn out his welcome in Miami by being so inconsistent and basically bad in his second year that they just wanted nothing to do with him. They had every, they, they brought in Kyle Lowry. They still had money. They decided mm. to just do absolutely nothing over keeping Kendrick Nunn. <laughs> wow. And Gabe Vincent, a lot of people saw that playoff run and were like, it was like, Gabe Vincent's a really good player. No, he's not. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's, he, 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 he tries hard on defense. He has, a game maybe once every two months where he'll get hot and he'll look good but he was sub 40 percent from the field most of last season and so i don't know what rob palinka is really doing when he makes these signings but he gave us another guy who he could have very easily brought back and we're just like no no we'll figure something else out we're good i'm excited to see the lakers gave caleb martin the max this offseason oh god no like oh. what gets me yeah, he's been injured too yeah, exactly. What gets me bothered is we didn't even get the right heat cast away. We could have went for Max Struess. Like, he's been okay in Cleveland. Like, he's yeah, been yeah, horrible. Yeah, start to Cleveland. I don't know. Exactly. What's he shooting now? He was shooting horribly early on in Cleveland. How's he doing now? Is he better? He got a little, a little bit better, better. Last I saw. Okay. Yeah, I mean, he's not. Uh, yeah. he, he's improved in other areas. Yeah, he's yeah. great. I'm not saying he's, he's a, a panacea to everything, but, like, you know, he'd be better than what than nobody. Um, we getting street clothes. Like, I don't even care, but I, I'm not a fit guy to begin with. I don't want to see no Gabe Vincent fits. Like, Dude, we're looking at him like he's a prime player. I don't know. It almost reminds me, us Laker fans, we go through the series of like, I don't know. I remember we put all our hopes on Taylor Horn Tucker. Like, oh, like man. you have, like we say these things. Oh, just wait till Gabe Benson gets back. We're not fully whole. And then you say that loud, and you hear yourself going, "What?" <laughs> like, we got Anthony Davis and LeBron James, but we saying, "Oh, wait till Gabe Benson comes back, and then we're gonna be ready for for what exactly?" Like, like. Does Gabe Vincent I mean, think about the Hawks quarter? right now. Like, there's still Hawks fans who are like, look, when DeAndre gets healthy, like, <laughs> that's never happening. You're never getting a long-term healthy DeAndre Hunter. Like, I don't know what more you have to see. The man's 37. Like, it's it's just not happening. Like, the knees are never getting better. Like, that's just, what, what are we doing? You're just hurting yourself at this point to be like, hey, look, when DeAndre's healthy, that's when things are <laughs> things are going to be all right. Like, our wing depth gets a little bit better. It's like, all right, man, I, I don't know what else to do here. The DeAndre Hunter's not going to be healthy long-term. That's just not going to be a day-to-day. Don't live in that world um i don't know but we'll see um either way the that uh is all i've got tonight so chris what can the good folks check out from you over at odd shark and everywhere else this week 
Yeah, Oddshark Raptors Republic. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Walder Sports. I'm just happy basketball is back because I get to do uh, a job that I love covering the NBA again. And uh, I get to do awesome podcasts like this. It's always a pleasure chatting with you guys every Tuesday night. Uh, I definitely get my Hawks and my Heat fill because Lord knows <laughs> I ignore the shit out of those teams. So, wow. Uh, always a pleasure, guys. <laughs> Goodness, God, that was unnecessary. And then he leaves out the Lakers for some reason. He leaves out the Lakers shit. He's like, I'm uh, in the Lakers content. <laughs> oh. oh, wow. Dennis Schroeder was good to you. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I remember the LeBronto. I know he's in a different uniform right now, but uh, uh, I, I that still stings, but I still And sting. that's fair. That's fair. I'll give you that. That's fair. I mean, Toronto just needs to bring back the purple. That's all I want. Purple needs to yeah. be like a third of their games. Yeah. Like bring back purple for a third. Uh, Kenny, what about you over at Playoff Owl and everywhere else this week? Yeah, so we're actually recording the episode tomorrow. Our last episode, we did talk about All-Star Weekend, but we were so annoyed by the weekend, we came up with extra <laughs> topics. So we also came up with ideas to fix All-Star Weekend. Mm-hmm. And we also met, talked about our favorite in-game dunkers because the dunk contest is dead. So we talked about in-game dunkers. So we paid homage and paid respect to Blake Griffin, young LeBron James in his first set in Cleveland, and Gerald Green also. I love it. Uh, Corbett, what about you over at Round Ball Ramble, Swish Theory, Basketball Intelligence, and everywhere else this week? Um, you know, we starting to look into the draft. So hoping to have some uh, draft content out, get some guests on, look into that um, while we wait for the NBA season to start. Um, and just keep plugging away. Just keep staying at it. Hopefully get some of y'all on. Talk some basketball soon. So that's that's over. That's that's it over here. I love it. Corbin, Kenny, Chris, thank you guys as always, and I'll talk to y'all next week. Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas Podcast. Hell yeah. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.